Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. Humans, from the beginning of our societal start, have paid and exchanged goods in one form or another. And the ways humanity has done this has changed and adapted with the ages. From trade and barter, to precious metals, to paper, to the 20th century of the dawn of the plastic age, or a piece of plastic that's 3.37 inches by 2 and an eighth, well, for our metric friends, that's 85.6 millimeters by 53.98 millimeters, has changed the world and has helped and ruined many people's lives. With something so small, but yet so powerful, arises the question, where did it come from? Where or how did it all start? The mighty credit card, where did it come from? Well, today I shall tell you that story. But before we get into it, Nick, how are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing good. I switched over to some Rogue Newport Days Hazy Pale Ale that I was purchased on a credit card. And I, it's one of those things where I feel really stupid. I don't know how it works. It's like the internet. It's like, yeah, I know of it, but how does it work? It's just a series of tubes, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, how are you doing and what are you drinking uh i'm doing pretty good i'm drinking some quarter horse and it is amazingly how stupid credit cards were invented uh, it seems to be the theme of the day <laughs> yeah for real for centuries people have been using some form of representation for money from coins to letters to ious Humans have been using objects to symbolize a set amount of money for all of humanity. That history of credits, of using different forms of money to represent money, is long and complicated. Humans have been doing it for such a long time. And in this episode, I'm solely going to be focusing on that little piece of plastic that we all keep in our pockets. Credit cards. The first sort of envision of the modern credit card happened back in 1887 by an author by the name of by Edward Bellamy in his novel Looking Backward in which he describes the people in this utopian world using a card to purchase everything but the idea specifically a plastic card wouldn't come until years later as America rolled into the 20th century different businesses used different forms of IOUs or pay-a-later-date items, mainly department stores like Macy's and Wanamaker's, which used brass tokens or paper to simplify, to symbolize and identify the customer using said objects, to have the customer pay at a later date, usually at the end of the month. Uh, many sitcoms make this joke with bars, which is an actual real thing where you pay at the end of the month. Yes, or you pay the next day if you... Forget your card there, which I have never done. <laughs> and apparently, 
wealthy clients at this time in the early 20th century preferred not using catch to purchase items. In fact, according to Leloy Cattle at the Rockford Island, Illinois University, a history professor says that they, rich people at this time in the 20th century, felt like they should not have to use cash. They should use some other form of method. I guess that's kind of high society for you. But the idea of credit grew, and by the 1929, almost one-third of retail stores were credit sales. But each business, each store, had their own form of credit, and it was not universally accepted across the land. So imagine your favorite restaurant has a token and your favorite shoe store has a piece of paper and your favorite fishing store has a hook. And you have to use all three to help identify who you are. You can't just use one card for all of them. Surprisingly, that would not change for over 20 years, where in 1949, a dinner between executives would change the world. In 1949, in New York City, three men went out for dinner at this restaurant. These men would be Frank McNamara, who at the time was the head of the Hamilton Credit Corporation, Alfred Bloomingdale, founder of the Bloomingdale store, and McNamara's attorney, Ralph Schneider. This party went out to eat at Major Cabin Grill, a restaurant in the heart of New York and the conversation, funny enough, was about the customers and their credit line, talking about how to handle customers who were credited at their stores but were unable to pay it back. The gentlemen at this table talked about who they would lend money to, certain scenarios, how to get the money if it was lent to the person who couldn't pay it. Time passed, the man drank their drinks, ate their food, and now it was time to pay and go. And Nick, funny enough, Frank McNara had forgotten to put more cash in his pocket to pay for dinner. Luckily, he was smart enough to call his wife, and she came and brought him some money. Frank McNara, who was embarrassed at this event and angry at this event, never wanted this scenario to happen to him ever again. Plus, being inspired by the conversation with his company at the table and the situation he just found himself, Frank came up with a concept with a card. A concept with a card he could pay for everything and not have to keep carrying cash with everywhere. A card that would symbolize credit that he could use at multiple venues. So, Ralph Snyder, Alfred Bloomingdale, and Frank, the same at the restaurant, would raise capital and pool their money together and in 1950 launched their first credit card. The company was called Diners Club. Not sure if it's a bit of resentment with uh, naming that company Diners Club when the idea came up with when you couldn't almost pay for dinner and your wife had to come and give you some money for it, but nonetheless, in 1950, it was born. For the Dunners Club to conquer the hurdle of being a single credit card that could work at multiple locations rather than one card, one place, individually, the Dunners Card had to act as a middleman. The customers would use the Dunners Club, pay the company in turn, and in turn, Dunners Club would pay the establishment which the customer used their card for at a later date. It is important that the term credit card was invented yet. The phrase at this time, the 1950s, would be charge card. It'd be till nearly the 1960s where the phrase credit card would even So appear. that's where the phrase charge card comes from. I've heard that so many times. Charge card was before credit card. And Diner Club is the one to coin it. 
And every time you say Diner Club, the only thing I think of is the beginning of Reservoir Dogs. Is it really bad every time I hear the word Diner Club, I just think of Waffle House? Yeah, probably. But how Diner's Club got more and more business on board is actually pretty simple. Remember, at this time, more than a third of the population was already using tokens or credit in some shape or form. And for a business owner to have a middleman to ensure that they got paid, even if the customers couldn't pay, that sounds like a win-win. You get your money at a later date, but it's guaranteed. And the struggle of getting money from the person paying isn't your problem anymore. It's the middleman. Very soon, many people got on board. In the first year of the Diners Club, they gathered more than 10,000 members in New York City alone, and another 10,000 outside New York City. Nick, do you want to take a guess on the percentage the Diners Club charged on their credit card? 30%. Way too high. Uh, Higher than modern credit cards, but not that much higher than modern credit cards. 9.8. Close. Very close. 7%. That was the charge fee, 7%. Talk about a cutthroat. Soon, other companies jumped on board. In 1958, American Express launched their first charge card. American Express charge card was also the first card to be made out of plastic. Very quickly, once other companies like American Express got into the credit card game, Diners Club got hustled, outworked, and tossed outside. And in business, much like nature, only the strong survive. And by 1963, the Diners Club was non-existent. With more credit cards entering the market, credit cards became more and more common, and by the end of the 1960s and 70s, they were nationwide. And they were more than just a piece of plastic. They were far more complicated. In 1969, the first credit card with a magnetic strip was introduced. And in 1974, Because there were so many credit cards across the United States, Congress passed a Fair Credit Billing Act to help make some ground rules for all the credit card companies. And that same year, they also passed the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, which prevented companies from changing credit rates based on your race, sex, nationality, religion, and marital status. So if you're single, before this act, they could have charged you 15%. But if you were married, they could have charged you 2%. That was completely legal to do before this bill passed. Well, why does anyone get married for the tax breaks, right? <laughs> From their company started and added benefits and bonus, if you signed the credit card, that first appeared in 1987 when the first Travelers Rewards cards were introduced. And boy, was that a huge success. I mean, it still exists today. And in 2002, I don't know... I don't remember this, Nick, but you might remember this. They were trying to introduce mini credit cards. And these mini cards weren't plastic cards is the traditional sense, but they were rather... Wait, so how big were these cards? Were they the first cards were regular credit card size? Uh, They were very close. Um, uh, The Diners Club didn't use plastic. They used paper, if I remember correctly. And that was their own independent size. The standard size, which we have now of credit cards, of 3.37 inches by 2 and an eighth inch, didn't come around until the 1960s. Gotcha. Many credit cards had their own sizes. Since That's hence why we swiped 
once magnetic strips happen instead of insert like we now do now deal with uh magnetic chips but in the early 2000s i think it was 2002 many credit cards were introduced and they quickly died off and for those who don't know who what mini card mini credit cards were because i had no idea what they were they were pretty much like keychains they were rfid keychains for your credit cards and for some reason we hated them granted it's kind of easy to hack rfids but it's also not the hardest to hack a credit card so tomato tomato but now credit cards but who was hacking i mean i feel like rfid hacking was probably a lot less common back then i would disagree with that statement hacking no i I don't know enough about it to to challenge you on this so i guess we'll let it slide people have always been gaming the system so a new way to method to get money i wouldn't doubt it there were a lot of people were trying but where there's money there's tons of it and now credit cards are everywhere i mean nearly everyone in the first world country first world countries have one and as in november 2020 there are currently 1.01 billion credit card transactions that happen every single day in the world let me re-say that there are over 1 billion credit card transactions that happen every single day across the world you know how crazy that is how much money being moved around because by a piece of plastic i feel like that's i mean that's a lot of money but i feel like that's not surprising i feel like that's i don't know I guess I'm not tripped out as much by that number. I feel like people spend far more much money than I do. (laughs) But yes, the history of the credit card is not exactly complicated. It kind of starts off with a man not being able to pay for food and drinks and go, I can never have this happen again. Gathering his buddies, pulling some money, and forming a credit card, which would create a successful company that would ultimately be beat out by other competition which still exists today uh visa american express discover all those companies that joined in the late 70s are still existing today except for the diners uh diners club which i find kind of a little bit ironic but yes short sweet but that's how credit cards came into ex- existence at least the basic plastic credit card that we all know and love slash hate today I yeah I guess I can't believe that I never knew where credit cards came from and they've just been like this essential part of my life most of my life. <laughs> it is very surprising. I didn't include this, but the average age in which a fifteen-year-old has a credit card of some type is significantly increasing, especially uh, in non american countries so i think it's canada and europe leading the way where 15 year olds have far are having credit cards or some form of credit cards on a higher percentage than americans and i believe it's a really high percentage like it's close to 80 percent which i'll be honest at 15 before i could even drive i'm like ooh, having a credit card or even a debit card at that time that seems weird. I had an emergency credit card at 
that time. Maybe actually, I don't know if I did, but I tell you what, I did have. I had a flip phone. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Ugh. But it is very interesting, and I would hope to do a episode in the future about it, about the psychology of using hard currency versus plastic or online exchanges, because. Oh, it's not as much fun to give away that paper money. <laughs> it is amazing how quickly and how ingrained a piece of plastic that fits in our back pocket has changed the human history. Something so simple, so small, but yet so powerful. But now, Nick, you know about how credit cards started. About a diner in New York and a guy forgot money in his wallet. That's all it is. Something so simple, and it completely changed the world. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.